Ready? <laughs> we, um, as we come together this, this morning, um, there's some things we want to look at that I believe that the Lord wants to speak to our hearts. And I want to get this a little bit out of my way because I need to turn this into a teaching session. I'm going to lay something before you that is very normal. You hear this already. But I think that a lot of times it's not put in what they call context in a clear understanding. If I was to teach you about the, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, you first had to, had to understand why the Holy Spirit have come under one con what, what's the context, whatever the case may be. So what I need to do is start from a, like a large funnel and start and work all the way down to this. So I had to, like an a, like a, like a artist, I had to lay out the canvas. And this morning, I had to lay out the canvas in order to paint the picture. You got the picture? So you all bear with me as I lay out the canvas, all right? And, um, and so we'll walk you through the outline. We will not be trying to finish the outline. As I said, this is going to be a series, so we're going to work from there. Let's bow into prayer. Follow the leading guidance as we walk through this time. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for the insights. And thank you, Lord, and help me to clearly share, clearly articulate the things that you laid on my heart, the things I have heard, the things I have written down, and the things yet to be revealed. Help us, Lord, to understand how you have structured this, structured this thing. Help us, Lord, to see how our doctrine falls in and, and how we know for sure that we get from one end to the other. With your help, in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, okay. So as we uh, come into this, our word for our sermon is called what? It's the law. It's the law. Because, but see, a lot of us, when we hear that word, it's the law, a number of things come to your mind. What I need to do is take apart the word that you understand the concept of it. And to take, and once I take care apart all of this, then at that point, we're able to really work with it's the law. And we'll begin to understand why uh, the law is in place, okay? Uh, there's no such thing as, for a believer, there's no such thing as not being under the law. Okay, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's, get, let's get going here. I got a lot of reading and everything else. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to, to what? The Lord said, I didn't come to destroy. Hey, if you think that I came to destroy the law of Moses, you're wrong. Do you, if you think that some, somehow I came to destroy any of that, you're wrong. You, can, you, got, you got the whole process wrong. He says, I come to fulfill it. But you have to understand what the law is. See? For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass away from the law until it is fulfilled. Which means what? 
that Jesus Christ, it says the law then will be fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Then what does that look like when you say that? Again, not only what does it look like, how does it apply to me today? Is this, not, this is another passage of scripture that we're just reading in the New Testament that Jesus Christ said in the, uh, the, what they call the synoptic, synoptic gospels you know, of uh, Matthew and all the others. Uh, it, or is there something really to this? And that's where we want, that's my job now to begin to unfold this. So, first, understand this. We, are, we will always be under the law. The question is, which law? It is our responsibility to understand its great importance because it will guarantee success or failure. Depending on what law you're under, you're guaranteed success or failure. Okay. But whatever law you're under, you have to obey or there's, as one child say, consequences. Okay. There are consequences to it. So then whenever... There's a law in place, and right now we obey laws. Uh, for instance, in your car, you, well, I hope you obey the laws, okay? Uh, you see that red uh, sign up there, what is it supposed to say? Stop. Okay. It don't, if you say, I don't know, you better, okay, all right, keep on going. If you want to act crazy, keep on going and see what happens if you, if you go through that red sign. Because that, that, that little sign, there's not a police car around or anything else, right? Uh, some folks like to try it late at night when you think nobody is around and you're in a rush. Okay? But the sign is still there whether there's a police or not. And, it's, and that sign is there that says, stop. Okay? That's, that's all it is. And, and you know that it's the extension of the law. Why? We'll, we'll really go into these. Okay, now, uh, Joshua 1.6. Be strong and courageous for you shall... Uh, you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all of the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will be made, make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. He keeps saying that over and over again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the, law, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think, number one, be courageous. God's with you. That's Jehovah Shammah. God is there. I don't care where you are. I don't care what people are around. I don't care how bad they act. God says, I'm with you through the whole process. Now, here's our outline for this, this uh, whole, whole series. Understanding the position. Understanding the purpose. Understanding the principle. Understanding the procedure. Understanding the pattern, old, new. And unveiling the product. So we're no way in the world we won't even touch on this, but at least we'll just get started, all right? So um, again, we'll be going over the outlines, so don't worry if you don't get it this morning. Uh, again, I'm just laying out like this. I'm just laying out the canvas before I paint the picture. Okay, so then let's get started. So with this, understanding the position. Here's where I think is very important, and um, 
Uh, to do this, let me, um, let's see, John, I'll call John in a minute, okay? I'm going to call John in a minute. But let me just go here and say this. Because God is a sovereign rule, there is nothing that has ever come into existence without an established law. Nothing. There is the law of nature, okay? Um, and the law of nature is, you know, uh, the law of gravity. What goes up must what? I don't believe it. Okay, then get up on top of the roof and just start singing, I, will, I think I, I believe I can fly and jump off and see what happens, okay? Okay. Now, that's what you call a flying fool. Now, listen to it hit. Now, watch it hit the ground. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. Now, that person didn't believe because they disobeyed the law of gravity. Everything that God has in place today has a law. Whether you know it or not, it operates in a law. Okay, you got the, got the idea? I want this to really saturate within your being. Okay, it, it uh, possesses three of uh, these four things. Number one, there, uh, there has to be a purpose. There has to be a plan. There has to be a promise. And there has to be a determined outcome. The purpose of the law, whenever there's a law, it has to be, have to have these things in place. There must be a purpose, there must be a plan, there must be a promise, and there must be a determined outcome. Got it? So then, what we need to know, know is this. The first thing when I start off, I said that God is sovereign. That means that no one sets up a law apart from God. And notice what um, Isaiah 46 eight says. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am the God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Got that? Now you read the rest. Ready? And the end from the beginning. And from the ancient time, the things that are done, saying, My counsel shall stand. I will. Now, 4610, declaring the end from the beginning. In other words, um, John, that's where I want to use you right now, okay? God is saying this. I have determined, and I, I, have this, I have determined to have John. So, John, I'm going to sit you all the way over by that wall here. And the Lord says, I have determined John. Now, I have decided that John's going to hang out with me forever, okay? Now, what's happening at this point is that his mother is a little girl, she grows up to be a, a, a woman, and she gets married, and she has a child. But understand, be, in the course of, in the course of, get this now, in the course of the lovemaking, there's 499 billion sperms, okay, a million sperms, and they all to this one ovary. And God is saying, while they're fighting, John is one of the 499. God says, I'm, this is going to be John. But right now, what's going on, the sperm is on its way to the ovary. These guys are fighting and what have you getting, getting to the ovary. I mean, they're just making it. I mean, and God is saying, I have determined that this is what's going to happen. And nothing's going to stop it. Until finally, the seed takes place. And John is born. 
that's not the end of it. Because he's not there yet. Got the picture? But God says, I have determined the end from the beginning. Everything that John is going to go through, everything that every every failure, all of the problems, everything else, don't you worry about it, John, because I'm going to get you there. <laughs> everything that you're going to go through, financial difficulty, people misunderstanding you, physical difficulties and everything else, don't you worry about it. I'm going to introduce you to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to do this with you. You, know, you may be in a car accident. You may run into fools. Don't you worry about it because I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you past the law of Moses and into the law of Christ. I'm going to get you all. But right now, what I want to do is establish the, get this now, the end from the what? Every time. God have already established your end before the beginning. You got that in place? Now, who set it up? The person who sets the law. See, if I set up the law, I'm limited. You know what I'm saying? But when you have the sovereign God that says, this is going to happen, then don't you worry about what's going to happen in your life. Don't worry about what people say about you and do to you. God says, I have established it, and I'm going to get you from the end, from from the beginning to the end. You see? And so I think that is so important. That's why it says that in Ephesians that God chose us in the beloved what? Before the foundations of the Lord, of the world, guess what? Jesus Christ was slain before the foundations of the world. Everything has been in the plan, and now all it's doing is working its way out as we walk through this whole idea of the law. But it's going according to God's what? It's going to His law. See, see, at this at this point, don't worry about the word grace, <laughs> because at this point. Grace has nothing to do with this point, okay? Grace right now is by God's determinative will, and it says it's going to happen. And because of who he is, and thank you, John, but depending on who he is, that's exactly what's going to happen. Calling the birds to pray from the east, the man of the council from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purpose, and I will do it. So when you think about that, when you think about what the Lord's saying in your life, he says, uh, you, say, I don't care what you think about me. God had purpose for my life, and you got your people mixed up because you know what? <laughs> God will do it in my life. Amen. Amen? Amen. So then we, we go on. Ecclesiastes 3.14, I have perceived that whatever God does it endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people may fear him, fear before him. Okay? So once God has determined it, you can't add to it or take it away. If God has determined that you're going to be a boy, you cannot turn turn around and say, I want to be a girl. You see what I'm saying? God said, whatever I told you, I did not make a mistake. I knew exactly what I wanted you to be and put everything in place. And all of the sperms and everything else, and the ovary and everything else, and the, put it in the use. I did it for a reason. And every one of us are here for a reason. And that's just laying out the canvas. 
that which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. I am Alpha and Omega, says uh, Revelation. The Lord, the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come. And who's that? The Almighty. <laughs> see, and when, you, when you see about the, when it says the Almighty, that means <clears throat> I'm it. Don't look for anybody else. I, I'm it. I'm the law. If you're trying to find anybody else above me, guess what? There is no other above me. I'm it. So we may as well get used to me. It goes, it goes on. <clears throat> With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. We must settle in our spirit one very important thing, that God is sovereign over everything in the spiritual and physical world, and every law that exists must operate within the boundaries of his sovereign will. Every law. See, so now we understand about the, the Hebrew boys. Now we understand why they could not bow down to the king. Because, the law, because if they did, they had to violate the law of Moses. And so they said, we're not going to violate the law of Moses because you set up a, you, God set you up as king, you know. So just go ahead and just throw us on into the fire because we're going to obey God. Because he already set up our end, you see, from the beginning. So you can do whatever you want to do. And if he does not deliver us, we still won't bow down. See, that's the thing that makes you, makes you bold. Your future is already lined out. Not the way the economy is going, not the way attitudes are flying around. Your whole future is laid out, and that's what God wants you to understand. Here's number two. Understand the purpose. As we come about dealing with understanding the pur purpose, Jeremiah 9, 11. Let's read together. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Amen. Amen. It's 29. Yeah. 29, so be 29, uh, 29, 11, I'm sorry. Okay, so Jeremiah 29, 11. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified or has been established. Now, the promise were made of Abraham and his offspring. It does not say to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law which came 430 years afterwards does not 
annul a covenant previously ratified, approved by God, so as to take the promise, make the promise void. For if the inheritance come by the law, it no longer becomes by a promise, comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. When the law, then the law, it was added to because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made and has been put in place through the angels uh, in a mediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promise of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scriptures imprison anything under, the, uh, under sin, so that the promise of faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held by captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So the law was our guardian, protector, until Christ came in order that we might be justified by what? Okay, let me, let me lay something before you. Understand, the law came 430 years after Abraham. Before that time, there was no law. That means that from Adam and Eve all the way down to that point, close to 3,000 years, there was, quote, no written law. All of a sudden, God puts in the law of Moses. The question is, why did God put in the law of Moses? What was the purpose of it? Because the law of Moses is, at this point, you see, if you have, you just laid out some beautiful line. And every time you see folks stepping all on and everything else, and you keep saying, I wish these folks stay off my line. You think they're going to stay off your line? What do you have to do? Have to put a sign up. Stay off the line, okay, and in this area, it's right across from the police station, and we have made a deal, you will be fined $50. Do you think folks will be walking over your line? See? <laughs> yeah, in some hoods, yeah, they would. <laughs> Late at night, because you know what? There are some who still will not subject themselves to the what? They're going to wait because children are bound by that. Too. I mean, they, you tell them not to do something, and you say, and don't step over the line, and they'll look at you, and they'll go. <laughs> they'll try it every time. they try it every time. But you see, the purpose of the law was not to punish the sinner, but to keep safeguard those who have faith in our Lord. And so what happened was God began to set up a law in the, with the law of Moses, and so the law then became a schoolmaster. Before that time, at, when the, at, the, uh, at the, um, the mount there, what happened when, when the law was laid out, you know what the people said? We will do it, not knowing how hard it would be. Until they actually had to practice lying, stealing, all the things. They said, wow, this is hard. Say, but if you don't keep the law, see, then there are punishments. Where there's law, there is punishment. There is punishment for the law. 
Then they had the Levitical law, which kind of expanded on the law, which means here are some of the things you need to do. 665 of them. You had to keep all of that. And guess what? Now they're realizing, you know what? We can't do all this. And guess what? This law in keeping it, it doesn't save you. It just keeps you in the boundaries. And so all that time, all the way up to Jesus Christ, it kept them in the boundaries of the law, but that law could not save them. It kept them in the boundaries. And they still disobey God. They still rebelled against him. And God brought in nations and everything else to bring them down. But now that faith have come, we are no longer under a guardian, the law. Praise the Lord. Let's get a little clap here on that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we are not under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. We don't need the law anymore. Number three, we'll end on this third point. Understanding the principle. I think this is very important. And maybe I was rushing to get to this point. Consider these four important facts about the law. Here are the four facts about the law. Very important. Number one, what does it say? It clarifies the boundaries. Number two, corrects, stops, prevents, and punishes violators. Number three, it controls, maintains balance in the life of its recipients. Number four, let me get ahead of myself. I'm excited to get down to number four. A law always creates a culture. Repeat that to me. A law always creates a culture. Whenever you were under an enemy and you were conquered, not only were you conquered, you were assimilated into their society, which means that you had to be under the Romans law or whoever law it was, the Babylonians law. And when you were under their law, then you were also under their culture. And therefore, the law began to establish a culture. So God's law was holy. So what type of culture do you think it was? A holy people. Some of the things that were going on, it was a holy people because the law did this. It developed a culture. The biggest battle right now, is right now in America, is the struggle in the courts toward the law. Because you see, if you change the culture of the, change the law, you change the culture of the people. You change the agenda of the people. You change the, the thinking of the people. The law says if you talk about a certain group, you are a hater. Therefore, there are penalties for being a hater. Therefore, if you stand on the word of God, and it goes contrary to the law, which is governing the, the culture, guess what happens? You, you're going to be thrown in jail. Now we're thrown back like the, like the Hebrew boys. What does God say about it? 
What does, what does God say about holy living? What does God say about all of these things that's going on? God's law, the authority that God has set up says, here's what it is, and, it, and I will not change. Man, America, and some of the others, we set up laws, and there's laws of the land. But they're changing very quickly, and they're contrary to the word of God. And we're going to have to make a decision. Because, you see, the law that guarded us, all the way up to the law of Moses, is now flipped it inside of us. And now we're under a new type of law. We'll be talking about that. We'll talk about that another time. We're under a new type of law. Um, but observation. A nation's culture can be clearly defined by the laws because laws create a culture. The law of Moses, which was given by the Israelites, was never given for the purpose of salvation. It could not save uh, then, and it cannot save now. One last thing. Whatever the word of God says is what? Not a suggestion, not a request, not an appeal, or an idea that is open for dialogue. It is tampered, if it's tampered with, there will be serious consequences. The law that God has set up, he has set up from the beginning, and it stays in place to the end. No man to change it. He's a holy God. But until man came or got to the end, he set up a temporary law the law of Moses, and it was going to be fulfilled by the law of Christ. That's why Christ says, I'm going to now fulfill the law. This part kept you up to a guardian. Now I'm going to give you the fullness of the law so you'll be able to keep the law with no problem. Got it? I know I laid a lot on you this morning. But if you understand, it's the law. And when we think about it, be, it being the law and who set it up and that God have chosen us to be on a certain line, we can't afford to deal with the world and walk with God at the same time. We have to stay the line as he draw us to the end because he has determined from the beginning the end for each one of our lives. And so my, my prayer this morning, as we uh, wrap things up, my prayer this morning is that each one of us will uh, look to the Lord and say, Lord, um, I want to be obedient to your law because it is the law. And there's none that can uh, put it down. There's none greater than you. It's the law. And I, my prayer this morning is that if um, uh, that all of us begin to really just think on this part one of this thing that we're talking about, because as it begins to unfold, you understand that when it comes down to the law of Christ, which comes into place, 
then why do you think the Holy Spirit is introduced in the law of Christ and not the law of Moses? See, then we have to know, understand who the Holy Spirit is and his job. But so the whole idea now is understanding the uh, institution of the law of Christ because at that point, he takes over when he fulfills it, you see. Therefore, when individuals talk about keeping the law, you say, I can't keep the law. You see? Because by having Christ, he fulfilled the whole law. So why should I go back being like the Jews when it's established in me? That was for the Jews, not for the whole world. As we close this morning, I thank you for your patience. My prayer is that God begin to really sell our hearts because it's going to be more than just giving a loud voice on issues, understanding what the real battle is. The real battle is in the hearts of man, hearts of man. and then it's going to be in the courts, and they're going to try to change the law. Changing the laws. When you change the law, what would what would it change? The culture. When you, again, when you change the law, it changed the what? It changed the culture. So if the if the law says there is no God and anyone who worship a God, then guess what? You start raising children who are raised under that law. Do you see how dangerous it is? So God help us to stay with the word that keeps on on track with a clear mind, knowing the times as it gets closer for his return. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the saints and, and for your word. And I just pray that you will just lead and guide us to be, to be people of the word, um, not reactionary, um, we don't have to uh, do big marches and everything else. We stand our grounds. We pick our battles. And the ones we pick after doing all, we stand. Help us understand it's going to be a spiritual battle and a physical battle. But we're in Satan's territory. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh, Lord. Is my prayer for those under the sound of my voice. You have exactly here who you want here to hear your word. Now help us to be more than just hearers, but doers. Help us to put your law number one in our lives. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. All right, let's just sing it a cappella. I surrender all to you. Everything I give.
to you withholding nothing withholding nothing I surrender all to you everything I give to you 